Hello and welcome to the Found Cause. We have found our cause in the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm Michael Blaine behind the machine. And to my right is Sebastian, the bookkeeper. It's just us today. And if you noticed, by divine providence, me and Sebastian are both dressed in white. Um, I think this is indicative of our topic today, which is about Mormonism. Five reasons we are not Mormons. If you are new to our channel, we do a lot of things. But one of our current crusades is doing five reasons we aren't. So that we are talking about the justifications as to why we aren't particular religions. Because we often talk about other religions and why they're wrong and whatever else. But we want to specifically say why we aren't particular religions. We've done um, branches of Protestantism like Pentecostals. We've done totally different religions like Islam. And now we're doing Mormonism. Especially we were just talking about off camera um, how we like classify Islam. Like is it a heresy? Is it a um, heretic religion? Is it a um, completely different heathen? religion? Yeah, yeah, that's the one I was thinking of. Heathen, completely different. Mormonism, where do you place it? Is it a heretic religion or is it heathen is it totally non-christian entirely when it was originally founded i would have said heretical but now when things have been codified and even though it's changing a lot granted mm. <laughs> probably a heathen and because of the they're not monotheistic right and you know uh, we've, we've done a bunch of episodes on mormonism so we're not going to go into all the details of mormonism but i will give a, a brief primer here and then we're going to get into our five reasons we're going to start with our our least big reason of why we're not the fifth reason and then work our way up as we normally do mormonism in case you are unfamiliar is a religion founded in the united states in the 1800s by a certain man named joseph smith from upstate new york he claimed to have visions of an angel Moroni telling him that there were tablets in his like backyard um, buried in the ground from ancient times and that they had the truth about God and that the current Christian church had become corrupt and so God was reestablishing his truth and in that ancient book so said Joseph Smith um, was was the Book of Mormon and it detailed things like the ancient history of North America and how Jews, faithful Jews, had made it to North America and established uh, kingdoms here and mm-hmm. fought against Native Americans. And eventually Jesus shows up to the people in North America and gives them the gospel and then they accept it. Um, but they end up losing and being killed by the pagan heathens. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the last of them ends up bearing the, the tablets. I think it's Moroni himself ends up bearing the tablets in upstate New York. And then from this, um, because Joseph Smith is now armed with this new knowledge of the truth, um, he knows that the current church has been corrupted. And so he is the new prophet. There is now new apostles. He is the first apostle. And the end is coming soon. So he named his movement the Latter-day Saints, mm-hmm. sometimes called the Mormons, though they don't like to be called the Mormons so kind of on and off again because of Mormons, the Book of Mormon, the Book of Moroni was his, his weird naming of it. Um, he gathered a group. The main draws to Mormonism in its original conception were the fact that the end was coming soon. And so if you weren't in the true church, that is Joseph Smith's church, you were outside the church and going to suffer pain and hell. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Joseph Smith ended up developing a justification for polygamy, a pretty intricate de- uh, defense of having multiple wives. And so his original band of people um, were looking forward to having multiple wives um, some of them were really peeved when Joseph Smith took their wives um, as part of the whole polygamy thing. And so he had a big falling out in his original group and had to find more. He did find more. His group got decently big. Um, he continued to prophesy and write more. He started to make his own translation of the Bible while fleeing town to town to town because towns hated him because he was anti-Christian. Um, and eventually he ends up dying in a prison in, if I'm not mistaken, Missouri could be Illinois. I honestly, it clearly shows my research on Joseph Smith. I'm pretty sure it's Missouri. Um, he goes back and forth to different states. He does run a lot. Uh-huh. Um, 
and he's killed in a prison as the townspeople come and shoot him. And he had a gun. He tried to fight back and did not fight back. Um, the end did not come in his time, nor did it come for the last 200 years. Uh, the Mormons f- finally fled to Utah under the leadership of Brigham Young. And they have been there pretty much to this day, but they do evangelize outside of Utah. And so there's a ton of Mormons in Utah and Salt Lake City in particular. Um, and they were allowed into the United States as a state only because they renounced polygamy. So they put polygamy on hiatus and they were allowed into the United States, and they continue to believe in active prophecy from their prophets, their lead prophet and apostles down in Salt Lake City. They believe in the divine rights of marriage, and um, oh yeah, they believe that uh, there are multiple gods, that God was once a space goblin from a different uh, planet, and now rules <laughs> us by having tons of sex with his space wives. I forgot about that part. So we're going to go over our five reasons we're not Mormons. I want to be generally respectful, but of course, I mean, there are some things that are kind of ridiculous about it, um, but mostly ridiculous because they are against the Bible. So we will start with our number five. Sebastian, I'm hand it to you. What is your number five, the least important reasons why you aren't a Mormon? Okay, sure. For me, it would be the, put it frankly, the made-up history from Mormonism, as you just laid out, the Jews traveling to North America, establishing advanced civilizations here, and there are Mormon writings on this, how they were, they had chariots, they had um, iron weapons, iron armor and whatnot. Huge stone walls, giant fortresses, yeah. Whereas if you look at many of the tribes now, I think you've been to Kaokia once, mm-hmm. it's just a mud mountain. Yeah, and that's the biggest uh, period is that there have not been any of the archaeological findings you'd hope to have found if the Book of Mormon was true. So that's pretty damning. Um, not to say the lack of evidence is proof, but... Um, we do find evidences that corroborate biblical events. We do not find ones that corroborate the Book of Mormon. Right. So again, this is our least important reason. So we're building up to more important reasons. That would be for me. Yeah, it's a pretty good one. And honestly, Mormons um, throughout the early 1900s were trying to find, trying to get on the archaeological train, trying to find things that defended um, the Book of Mormon, and they they didn't. And a lot mm-hmm. of them figured it was probably deep somewhere in the the hills of Mexico, because originally it was supposed to be in the Southwest where they went to Utah because they were kind of half searching for their their old homelands. Anyways, <laughs> long story short, they didn't find any and it is pretty damning. My number five reason, again, least important reason, is the current state, the terrible state of the Mormon church. Um, Mormonism has had its ups and downs, grew pretty big mm-hmm. um, when it was a cult out in Utah with the polygamy stuff. There are a couple of problems with Mormonism inherently, and that is polygamy is extremely... Um, perniciously bad for a community it creates really toxic households that end up mm-hmm. kicking out males and so if you look at the mormon cult sects that have um, broken off of the main mormon leadership the flds and, and others like them um, the polygamy just destroys them but the main church so putting putting aside the flds and other fringe groups the main mormon church main latter-day saints group is filled with um currently very wishy-washy Republicans politically, very politically savvy Mormon church that has put people up for nomination. Mitt Romney's Mormon, and he ran for mm-hmm. for president in 2012 against Barack Obama and lost. Um, they were considered conservative, but I think from their history, they've always gone where the wind's blowing, and the culture is really bad right now, and so the Mormon church is really collapsing on cultural issues, just like they collapsed on polygamy. They also collapsed back in the 1970s on black people, um, they used to be a very segregationalist group because Joseph Smith believed and wrote into the Book of Mormons, you can read it yourself, that when you believed in Christ, your skin turned white. And so if you, mm-hmm. if you weren't white, you hadn't clearly hadn't repented and turned to Christ. And so they did not allow black people into the priesthood. 
um, their their version of being good Mormon until the 1970s after the Civil Rights Act had passed and the winds were starting to change. So the prophetic word of God seemed to change a lot. Um, the current state of the Mormon church is that they're probably, it looks like they're planning to allow homosexuality, which is really embarrassing considering all of the, the stuff they have Requirement about for marriage and marriage and childbearing. Um, so they're planning to, to allow homosexuality is what it looks like. And most Mormon missionaries that I've ever met, um, they beg to be called a Christian. They do not want to stand out from regular Christians, whereas the previous Mormons were all about being different. That all the other churches were were abominations. Yes, they, were the they said that we were corrupt and right? we have twisted the scriptures. And the Mormons only they and they alone had the truth. And now I go to campus and the Mormons are huddled together, um, passing out cards that say "Write a happy thought and then get a happy thought" from our little box, and that's their their outreach. And they're desperate to be called oh, fellow yikes. Christians and whatever else. So they clearly aren't super confident in their. Um, their differences, which again is just my number five reason, but it's pretty indicative of a of a weird and dissolving movement. Even if by numbers it's the same size as it has been, I think it's not a strong movement because of that. Now, what I find fascinating is that they have a lot of outreach in other countries outside the U.S. So I would be curious to see what state of Mormons are in in those other countries. In Peru, I can think of just within a 20 minutes from where I lived, like in any direction. I remember seeing five Mormon schools in Lima. So I was like, that's a lot of more. That's a lot of Mormon schools for in my, in my humble opinion. So my Chilean college professor, she said, um, she called Mormons evangelical. She's like, Oh, those evangelicals coming in with their little name tags. And I'm like, those aren't evangelicals. It's <laughs> for Mormons. Oh man. Anyways, that's my number five reason. Do you have a number four reason, Sebastian, that you are not a Mormon? I sure do. You already introduced Mr. Joseph Smith and how he claimed to be a prophet of God. And, you know, we talked about this in the Islam video on Islam. Muhammad claimed to be a prophet too. Like, please, you can do so, but you have to demonstrate that you truly are speaking on behalf mm -hmm. of God. Unfortunately for Joseph Smith, during his entire life, he deceived people such as when he got the golden tablets like did anyone really witness like you know that the so, whole community witnessed the whole supposedly tablets? the original seven founders um saw the tablets but then when he stole one of their wives they stole the tablets from him is what he said and then he from then on only had access to them in his visions through the seeing stone oh so supposedly somebody stole it from him um yeah okay fascinating mm -hmm. uh, something that would be very useful would be to find these tablets also during his journeys he claimed to have encountered a the book of abraham this was a time when egyptologists were having the time of their life so you had relics from egypt showing up all over the place this it was the fashion to you know to be into egyptology during his lifetime so he acquired what we now later find out was the book of the dead or a copy of the book of the dead mm -hmm. and from just a few sentences in ancient Egyptian, he wrote a whole, you know, pretty much a testament on the life of Abraham. And he claimed, just for background, that the Book of Mormon was written in a form, reformed Egyptian. And so when his Mormon congregants with him saw this Book of the Dead being sold, they're like, this is an Egyptian. Nobody knows how to read Egyptian yet. Um, we do, though, because Joseph Smith knows how to translate it from Old Egyptian. He's like, and they bought, they paid $40,000, which is a huge amount of money. Mm -hmm. They put their investment in, they bought it. And we're like, Joseph, read it for us. And he's like, 
<laughs> yeah, I can read this. So he does the same method. He gets the seer stone out and he's translating one thing at a time using a seer stone. He puts a little a stone with a naturally born hole in the middle. The seer stone is. He puts it in a hat and then he sees the symbol uh, and then he sees the English translation above it. And so he took, I think in some cases, one symbol um, he would create whole paragraphs out of. And uh, yeah, needless to say, like Sebastian said, we have later found out it is a book of the dead. It's all about burial rites. And instead it was like, from Joseph Smith's perspective, it was about the life of Moses, or sorry, about Abraham and whatever else. I mean. Right. So, you know, we went from a sentence that we later found out. It was like, please remember to not, don't keep the body outside for more than seven consecutive days to a whole testament. No, to, I'm embellishing a little bit, poking fun. But that's pretty much it. And you also touched on the seer stone, which used to be a pagan ritual right but um uh, it was kept hidden in the archives of of utah and now it's like oh anyone can see the seer stone now which is fascinating so i don't think any prophet of god would have used a similar method and my take on it again this is why my reason i think he was making up making things up as he went along so therefore that's why i see him as a false prophet yeah. And the fact that he demanded people's wives out of his own benefits. So, you know, there's there's that. It's kind of similar to Islam in that way. And then it's like one guy rolling along, got the polygamy thing. He's got a band of people who are successful enough and they're rolling around migrating. There's differences, of course. Yes. One created an empire yes, by accident. <laughs> created Utah, which is an empire in and of itself. Although uh, he didn't really. It was really Brigham Young. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also put for my number four the the moral failings and the prophetic failings of joseph smith because what mm-hmm. sebastian doesn't tell you um because you could go on all day because joseph smith has a lot of blunders is that joseph smith again was was proclaiming the end of days that the end of days was near and that it would not pass it would not come to pass until he was he, he would see it you know like he was, was coming that's why they're called the latter day saints and of course he tried to defend himself and died in prison i don't know what worse mark of a false prophet could be than attempting to save your life and failing in prison especially when you're the supposed prophet um of the church so like if i die in prison trying to defend myself like i never claimed to be the next <laughs> you know defense of the church so i mean god's sovereign can do whatever he wants and so he did have joseph smith die but that failing in and of itself i think is just ridiculously embarrassing for the mormon church which it was at the time um but more than that joseph smith had particular specific prophecies as well that failed he he sent a, a group of mormon missionaries up into canada they had a a copy of the book of mormon they wanted to get printed and distributed and they wanted to make a branch up in canada and they failed printers wouldn't publish them people didn't pick it up and they came back with a tail between their legs having wasted a bunch of money and time out there and joseph smith had given them a prophecy that they would succeed in abundance and they came back and he's like that one was from the devil sorry i was deceived so kind of a Muhammad things. Muhammad claimed to get a, a prophecy from the devil too, but Joseph Smith also failed. Like this was a totally failed prophecy that he admits was failure and was clearly not from him, but a false spirit. Right. And God is very demanding on his prophets mm-hmm. that every word must be uttered truthfully. So the moment you give a false prophecy, it's like, oh, I guess you were lying all along. Yeah. And again, like Sebastian already touched on, but Joseph Smith ended up having about 40 wives throughout the course of his life, um, many of whom were already previously married, um, which is just straight up adultery from biblical standards. You're not allowed to steal wives like that. And so, yes, I think moral failings on Joseph Smith's part clear. And then same goes for his failed prophecy. So we've touched on Joseph Smith. Again, it's our number four reason. So there are, there are more important central reasons why we're not Mormon, but 
the founding documents and myths of Mormonism are so embarrassing that Sebastian just mentioned the Mormon church kept it secret in their archives. Like they believed it. And so they kept the stuff, they kept the seer stone. They kept um, his original documents. They kept the Joseph Smith translation of the Bible, which is, was getting in trouble. I barely got through the Bible and he was already mistranslating things. Um, but they kept it away because it was so embarrassing and they wanted to hide it. They wanted to pretend like they're regular Christians. But for whatever reason now, I don't know what, again, the state of the church is really weird, um, but they're deciding that they're going to air all their dirty laundry. And I guess they don't really care that people see the inconsistencies of Joseph Smith and the original Mormonism because they are what they are today, not what they used to be. So they've published Joseph Smith's writings and the seer stone and whatever else, all their embarrassing laundry that they used to deny even existed to the outside world at least. So yeah, that, that's my number four reason as well. Wow, we plow through then. And I would say the teachings of the Mormon church and how they're, they're inconsistent with the Bible that we have, that we know and love today. Either the Book of Mormon, Pearl of Great Price, you know, any Mormon document, I would say, that encompasses Mormon teaching contradicts by, uh, the Bible that we have. Now, you might be saying, well, actually, no, you might not be saying, they, they don't say this anymore, but they would have said, oh, the Christians have corrupted the scriptures. Wow, like like the Muslims? Wow. Connections? Question mark. And um, well, they are the two church, but now they don't really say that anymore. So, I mean, I don't know who I'm. Who I'm talking to at this point, like I'm talking to like old fashioned, yeah, old fashioned Mormons because modern day Mormons, like you're saying, they do generally accept the Bible, um, they just don't really read it because they think their own documents are more important, just like I don't really read the Quran. Sebastian does his due diligence and reads the Quran, but I don't because I, I don't want to, <laughs> it's hard work, so they don't read the Bible because they don't want to, and it's hard work. I appreciate it in Arabic, I have to say, it's very delightful to listen to, to have someone sing it anyway, anyway, With that's that. this is, yes, yeah. <laughs> This this is not this is neither here nor there. Anyway, some, some Mormon teachings that I thought of that contradict the idea of three heavens. As we talked about, there's a Mormon teaching that you go. This is where you go to after you die, and the terrestrial heaven, celestial and telestial. Telestial is a made-up word from celestial and terrestrial combined. We've done we've done multiple episodes on Mormonism. Really simple. They have a more universalist view of salvation mm -hmm. that even someone like Adolf Hitler could be saved. Only Satan and his demons will. Like, I mean, what I can what I can and tell Judas. you, Judas Iscariot. Yeah, those people will be hundred percent guaranteed to be thrown into hell and the lake of fire. But anyone and Mormon apostates. Yeah, this is true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <they're sad> <laughs> I don't know if they would say that anymore, but I think they have to, right? I mean, mm -hmm. they don't have to do anything. They make up a lot of stuff. Right, right. Speaking of dead people, rebaptizing dead people, that is, I've never seen any precedent of that in the Bible. The idea that we can become gods with our own planets, they would, really, really quickly, they would hold that um, the God of the Bible who made our planet is named Elohim. He was once either a space goblin, a humanoid, a human, a dwarf, yes. an elf, mm -hmm. who knows, in his own planet whatever thousands, millions of years ago, was such a good moral individual that was elevated by the god of his planet and became a god of planet Earth now. And then had spiritual wives, spiritual, ch and spiritual children, had uh, intercourse with such wives, created spiritual babies, created Adam and Eve, and then that way the descendants of Adam and Eve are inhabited by the spirits that are floating in 
heaven that are children of Elohim. Jesus Christ is such a child of Elohim. Mm -hmm. So you can Meaning see he is not God. He is, in fact, a totally different person. Right. And being. Mm -hmm. Right. So you see, Jesus is not the same as God, God. Jesus is an exalted man. And which is your red alert, by the way, <laughs> not that you need any red alerts in Mormonism because you should already know. But in case you didn't, they are not a Christian group. They deny the Trinity, a totally different view of God, um, and they have a totally different view of salvation. So every every problem on as far as the not a Christian group, even though they claim to be front. Or I'll give you a, a wild one that surprised me that this might be for the old fashioned Mormons that uh, Noah became the angel Gabriel. Again, how a human can become exalted. You can, if you don't make it to the God level, you will at least become an angel or, you Which know, an exalted spirit being. Seems like a real jip to me, unless he's going to get his upgrade next time. Like Noah is like the savior of the human race and he only gets to be an angel. Like he doesn't make it to like Godhood. Sad. Maybe yes. he's on his way up. Maybe it's like stepping the ladder. <laughs> Perhaps. And the worst of all, the most egregious one I would say is that the Mormon church used to teach that the... African people were the way they were because they had the mark of Cain from birth. And that is why up until the 70s, until very recently, the Mormon church did not allow um, African people into the church or African or black men to become ordained Mormon elders, priests. Yeah, they were allowed to attend. They just weren't allowed to be priests. Anyways. Right, but in order to be saved and to have your own planet in the Talestian Kingdom, you have to become an elder. You, and then you have to get married and you will get infinite wives. It's and not infinite. There's some limits. I'm embellishing. <laughs> I'm embellishing a little bit. I'm just poking a little bit of fun. So, anywho, all these things and more are inconsistencies that I see with the Bible that I have in my hands that we've had from the, well, the great Isaiah scroll, 300 BC. Like, I, I don't see any of these things in the Bible. Yeah, not only are they different from the Bible, but they are also, like, not only are they not found in the Bible, but they also are different than the Bible. Like, the Bible says an elder, which is what the elders, like, all the Mormon people, in case you're unfamiliar, even the mm -hmm. youngest, they're called elder because they're, they've been elevated to priesthood um, via sacred sac uh, sects and rites into the uh, Mormon temple. But um, the Bible says that the qualifications for an elder is that he's a husband of one wife. Whereas, I mean, modern-day Mormons mostly marry just one wife, um, but they used to require for the highest level of Mormonhood polygamy. Mm -hmm. um, and they're really just on hiatus. Like, they don't have a good reason for it, except that God has told them like to hold off while, you know, while the U.S. doesn't allow it. Um, in any case, that's completely contradictory from the Bible. Same thing with the whole multiple gods and the Jesus not being God is obviously contrary to Trinitarianism, which we believe is strongly emphasized in the New Testament. Um, the the ancient histories like noah becoming an angel the bible teaches that angels are entirely different beings um, mm -hmm. anyways long story short it contradicts the bible it doesn't just say extra biblical things which we would disagree with anyways it contradicts it i say that because that's on my later list number three on my list mm -hmm. is that the book of mormon and mormonism in general does not deal with the problem of sin and mm. if you've listened to this podcast mm -hmm. or heard in christians talk before the problem of sin is that God is perfect and he's going to judge sin. If he didn't judge sin, he wouldn't be just. And the the just punishment for sin, which anybody who reads the Bible would agree, is death. For it says all over the Bible, the wages of sin is death. And everybody since Adam and Eve sinned originally continues to sin. And everybody gets sent to death. Not only do we buy, die bodily, but we also die spiritually and are sent to Sheol, the grave, this, this holding place, this torturous place. 
um, whether on the, the paradise side with Abraham, those marked for saving grace, which is still not great there, but it's not torture or sad torture slices in Hades. Um, we all die. And the only way to get out of sin is some loophole, because otherwise you have to pay for your sin, which is, is death. Christianity deals with it with Jesus Christ. They say Jesus Christ is God incarnate. He comes down, he's perfect, unlike men, but he is a God-man. And therefore, when he dies sinless, he is able and willingly takes on the sins of all his elect so that their sins are paid for and God is still just because he punishes those sins with death just as they should be. But the death goes on Jesus instead of his people. So while we'll all die in the flesh, our spirits have been raised new, those who believe in Jesus Christ and are raised again by the Lord, and we don't have to die spiritually. We instead are counted as holy. We get Jesus' righteousness, and he gets our wretchedness. He descended into Hades and then rose up again because he's God, and we will die in the flesh but raise up again in the spirit with him. So that's the way that Christianity deals with sin. However, Mormonism, they say they believe in Jesus Christ. They say they believe that he pays for our sins, but they don't believe he pays for our sins. So they'll say it. And this, we've said it about Catholics too. And we'll say it about other religions that are like pseudo-Christian. They will use language because they've been taught it. It sounds Christian. They're from Christian origins, but they don't mean it. So when they say that Jesus Christ pays for sins, they don't mean it because they believe you must work your way to salvation. Sebastian was touching on it. So I'll say it again. They believe in pretty universalist salvation. And so they're not particularly worried about you being lost because they don't think you'll be lost they think you'll at least get to the terrestrial level of like you were a base good person or you get the chance to be bettered by christ in the next life and so you will be in the terrestrial level not hell and terrestrial level is like like paradise on earth and then the celestial level is for good well-meaning christians and mormons who didn't quite make the mark Mm -hmm. so it's still even better than the terrestrial level it's still great so even if you don't quite get the book of mormon like they don't really care um, the, the telestial level, the top level, the tippity top level is for those who have the multiple wives and whatever else, and they're going to be the gods. Um, so they're, they're, they want to share the good news for money's sake, for spreading the religion's sake, but they don't, they're not worried for your salvation. I am worried for the Mormon salvation because they believe this. To earn their way up, you have to work. You have to work your salvation out. And because we do not believe that work can save you and we believe that there's a very definitive line between heaven and hell and that it's a it's a narrow way to heaven god might save great multitudes but it's not the natural course for humans to go um, and be saved that your works cannot be the thing you rest on you have to work on jesus christ's death his work alone to be saved it's what catholics currently get wrong it's what mormons currently get wrong there's a famous quote in the book of second nephi in the book of mormon that says you are saved by grace through faith after all you can do, which is a almost direct quote of Ephesians 2, 8 through 9, but it adds after all you can do, which is to say, and, it, and they do mean it, that if you try your best, then God will give you the grace and save you. But if you don't try your best, you will not make the mark. Wow. Throwback to Pelagius, which is what he said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At least the Catholic and Eastern Orthodox, they say you must work through grace. This is, you will get grace after all you can do. Right. And that's not a peace-giving gospel. And notice with the terrestrial and celestial and telestial levels, where's the justice? Where is God punishing sin with death? Only to the most wicked, 
Satan and his angels and um, Judas and Judas, you know, and Mormon apostates, I suppose, are in hell. Um, everybody else has sinned gravely against their neighbor, against God himself, and he punishes them not. He is not a just God in this scenario, and therefore the, the problem of sin has not been resolved. And so they do not deal with sin well. Their God is unjust. And again, it's my number three reason why I'm not a Mormon. That is my number two oh, reason. Look at that. Yes, how you are saved not by grace alone, but, but, but by your actions. You merit the grace of God for yourself which again, at least our Catholic friends and Orthodox friends, they have the decency to say, no, you don't. Mm -hmm. You are, are given grace and then you must use that to work. So, you know, semi-Pelagianism. Anywho, there is no blood atonement. Uh, the Mormons believe also in priesthood and which was done away with by Christ, you know, the priesthood of Aaron. Mm -hmm. He and he, Jesus and Jesus alone is the priest in the order of Melchizedek, which is what the entire epistle of the Hebrews says. Mm -hmm. Maybe that maybe Joseph Smith never read into Hebrews. I know it's not a very popular book. You say that because Mormon elders currently believe they are in the order of Melchizedek like Christ, but they are not because Christ Melchizedek is like of, of no origin, one of his kind. That's the whole point. That's why Christ is in that lineage. He's our high priest. So I guess in some way we could say we're in the order of Melchizedek because we're under our high priest, the Melchizedek, but like not the same thing. Right. And but all that priesthood stuff, I'm really I'd be really curious. I mean, maybe someone can inform me. Do the priests atone? You know, as an elder, are you are you atoning on behalf of someone? I'd be curious to hear more on that. Because where is the atonement? There have have we not read Romans? There's no one good, not even one, no one seeks after God. So how are you transformed? How are you how are you brought up to a celestial heaven, whatever you want to call it? So that is my this is part of my second reason that there is no uh, redemption. There's no real redemption of people. There's no punishment. There's no sin is left untouched. Yes, because even I and Michael as a Christian, we have committed sin against other people. Now, we deserve to be thrown into the lake of fire like all humans do. The difference is that Jesus Christ has removed that sin debt from us and has imputed to us his righteousness that we didn't deserve. We haven't done anything to deserve it. We haven't done anything to get his approval. In fact, we've done the opposite, but he gives it to us. So that is, the, again, this is the difference with, with the Mormon gospel that there is, well, there is no Mormon how, how do you how do you save people? You you really don't. Well, they they baptize they baptize they, they baptize people on their behalf. So even if you're not there, even if you're dead, um, they baptize somebody in your stead in the Mormon temple, and they're doing that all day long, trying to baptize everybody in the world. So they believe you need to be baptized. They believe that Jesus' blood basically pays for the whole sin of everybody, and that you choose then to come into Jesus or not. So kind of like this Armenian universalist salvation thing. So that's how you're saved: is you're baptized in the Mormon temple. Mm -hmm. um, whether yourself or vicariously and that when you're dead you will get the chance to choose Jesus and you will so that's what they say saves you very universal okay that's then I understood that correctly before okay that's my number two reason mm -hmm. all right we're getting close my number two reason is there are contradictions of the Bible so you already <laughs> talked about it I'll be brief but I think that as Christians, we can't just point to the funny space stories and be like, ha ha, Mormons believe in planet Xenon and whatever else. I think that those things are funny and I don't shy away from talking about them because I think they blatantly show that it is false. 
um, especially the history of the Mormon church, like put aside all the ridiculousness of the stories about um, the planets and the multiple gods and all the ancient history, that's all ancient alien kind of things. The history of the actual Mormons on earth should show that it is not consistent. They lie, they steal, they aren't prophets of the true church. Um, that should be enough. But the contradictions of the Bible show that theologically, even if man fails, like the religion shouldn't, um, which Protestants have plenty of moral failures. I mean, think about Ulrich Zwingli, father of the Protestant movement, who had a mistress on the side. So like, it's not like Protestants are immune to having moral failures, but it's that the religion itself stands firm and, and good Protestants don't claim to be like God incarnate or his true prophet because we aren't. Um, the scripture stands firm. And so the Bible stands firm. The Book of Mormon does not. And that's why I put it as my number two. It's very close to my number one because it is the quintessentials of the faith still fail, even if you put aside all the human failings. Number one? Your number one reason, Sebastian. That Mormons claim Jesus is not God himself. They might, might, they might try to work around that, but ultimately Jesus Christ in the Mormon view, historically and hopefully nowadays too, is that he is an exalted being. He is the firstborn of our creation, if you want to even call it that, which is not really true since there are other planets, other gods that have existed probably millions of years going back to eternity, who knows? I don't think there's a teaching on how many planets there are out there with how many gods, infinite number of gods, mm -hmm. and how he was conceived spiritually and with through intercourse in heaven. He's not equal to the one God. And to me, you cannot reconcile that at all with his claims in the Gospels that are, in my take, more reliable than the writings and teachings of Joseph Smith, as we mm -hmm. have established before. In the, the for, for example, in First Colossians, and I'll get to the Gospels later, Paul writes that the Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. You might be saying, a Mormon might say, aha, he is the firstborn overall creation you see he was born, born. right there a very jehovah's witness argument mm -hmm. right however if you read after that for in him all things were created hold on the planet was made before elohim God, he even got here yeah he got here after mm -hmm. right and he created all things and all things that were created through him and for him and he is before all things talking about his being him being eternal and he holds all things together wait an exalted being cannot hold the universe together and i would i don't know how mormons view elohim if elohim actually is controlling the planets the stars or is it just specific planet earth who knows i don't want to touch on that too much but you see in this jesus christ who is god himself equal with the father and the holy spirit created all things has existed eternally and also took, took, took human form. Mm -hmm. And Jesus said in John 8, you know, for all the generalizations, you know, our Muslim state, our Catholics, you know, we can all hold hands together. We can all be friends, yes. But that doesn't mean that we all believe the same thing. Jesus himself uh, said, I told you that you would die in your sins. For unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. 
When Jesus says in John chapter 8, unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. That means unless you believe that I am Yahweh, mm-hmm. meaning Elohim, if you want to use Mormon lingo, Jesus Jesus saying Jesus equals Elohim. Jesus equals God. God equals Jesus. And we're not just quoting that. The Jews in that in that same text pick up stones to stone him because they believe that he is claiming to be God, which is exactly what they were going to stone him for. So this is not a weird Protestant reading into it. It's really what he's saying. Right. He says in another part, he says, before Abraham was, I am, I am he, I'm Yahweh, I am Elohim. So you see the biblical view on Jesus. He is the eternal God who took on a human form and died for our sins. Mormon view is he is the spiritual brother of Lucifer, who is another fellow sibling offspring like us from Elohim, who has many wives and has many kids. And notice just some of the the things that aren't, again, it's biblical contradictions uh, all over. But Jesus says, before Abraham was, I am. Contrast in the fact that Abraham had a beginning to his existence, whereas Christ did not. But in Mormonism, both Abraham and Jesus had the same origin, which was like, infinite in time and that eventually both of them got birthed spiritually from elohim and mm-hmm. his many spirit wives and then they took on flesh and jesus took on flesh way after abraham so why was abraham why was jesus saying that abraham was but jesus is when jesus would have been in by all accounts born after abraham or at least equivalent to abraham so again not consistent and even just philosophically mormons will often say that they may believe in many gods because Joseph Smith said, let me refute the idea that you believe in one God. So you may see there's many gods and we have to learn to become a God like God did before us. Um, they'll say, yes, all that's true if they admit that. But but we only have one God and it's, it's God. It's Yahweh, Elohim, um, because he's the God of this earth. And so we should only have one God. We should only worship that one God. Jesus worships that one God. We all worship that one God. However, in theory, Elohim was a faithful believer on his previous planet, and he would have worshipped the god of that planet. And so when he got rewarded and came out here and started making his spiritual family and making the earth story, he is supposedly still worshipping his old previous god, but he's having all of us worship him. Shouldn't he be having us worship his previous god if he really worshipped his previous god? And shouldn't we, when we own planets, have the people on that planet worship Yahweh? So the whole like domino effect of who's the original God is immediately apparent. Um, clearly, this version of God is not just. He not only doesn't punish sin, but he also doesn't even worship his previous God. Um, not a good God. All, All right. right. <laughs> my number one. So you had number one. I have a number one. My number one reason. I'm not a Mormon. It's going to be really weak sauce, but I feel like it's very fitting. It's personal experience. I've said this before for some of our other top five reasons. I've personally experienced God. I've prayed to God, seen things happen. I personally know God is like somebody trying to tell me that my dad is not real, um, trying to say that God is not real. So I know it's really squishy, not very apologetic, but I think it's very fitting because I know the number one defense of Mormonism mm-hmm. from Mormons is personal experience as well. And it's I, I think ultimately the church trains Mormons to do this, um, not just the missionaries, but also within the chapters themselves. Um, they train them to give this response and they do it in front of each other and they do it in front of others is to say that I had a burning in the bosom. Just read the Book of Mormon and see if it's true. And if you feel that it's true, it is true. And so they always, always, always go back to personal experience. And I think they train them that way because Mormonism is so 
weak. When you put it on the facts, you put it on its history, super weak. We just described it. When you put it on how it lines up with the Bible, super weak. When you put it up against how it is culturally, because they're so culturally influenced as a church, how is it culturally? Look down upon. It's not on the right side of culture as far as like the way politics is sweeping right now. Mm-hmm. Used to be, but now it's not. Um, and it's past as like polygamists and racists. <laughs> Definitely not in the cultural swing of things. So they've got such a bad foundation that they want to hide it, push it down, and bring up the personal experiences. They really only harp on personal experience, almost always. So much so, in fact, that most Mormons that I have met don't really know about their theology. They just know that they're Mormon and they love God. And so they don't really know much about the theology, maybe except that Jesus isn't the God and that they're going to become gods one day like that and that there's this holy marriage they need to make children in the afterlife. That's about as far as they get. They typically don't know about Joseph Smith's history or about the planets or whatever else because they just don't hear about it because almost all of it is about personal experience. And so when you meet a Mormon missionary, they will probably ask you to read the Mormon, uh, the Book of Mormon and see if it's true and that they had a burning of the Buddhism and they'll, I mean, I haven't heard it. I had any Mormon missionaries cry in my face, but I've heard that at their wards, they do cry about, like they cry out of emotion uh, that they've been moved by the Book of Mormon. And so I know it seems ironic that I'm saying my number one reason that I'm not Mormon is my own burning the bosom. Um, but that's the problem with burning the bosoms. If that's your main apologetic, and you come up to somebody and say, I know the Bible is true because I feel it's true. I reflect right back to you and say, I know the Book of Mormon is not true because I don't feel it's true. I've read the Book of Mormon. I've read um, the sections about it, uh, about Jesus coming to the new world and uh, the black people turning white and all the jazz. Uh, did not feel it was true. It's actually very boring and kind of weird. Um, and honestly, I mean, you can feel that about the Bible if you read the Bible. Um, so I don't think feeling should be the driving reason here. Um, personal experience is a little deeper than that because it's like answered prayers and prophecy and the peace that comes from God. Um, but again, it's not my main apologetic for, for normal things, but it's my number one reason here for Mormons because, um, first of all, I am me. So I've seen the personal experience. But second of all, I think it's such a juxtaposition to the Mormonism um, main combating use that uh, I just like to throw it out because if they say they they got a burning the bosom I'll say well I did about real Christianity and then we just stare at each other that's when you start breaking into tongues Michael it's like that's how <laughs> intense your burning in the, in, the, in the bosom is yeah. it's like my burning is stronger than your burning what do you do then no, checkmate yeah well, in, in my experience I mean I've, we've talked about it in this podcast before we've, I've talked with more missionaries aplenty on the college campus and um, they usually just run if you're, oh. not, if you're not easy prey they will run because they have quotas to fill um, about getting conversions and getting talks. And so if you're going to press back on them, they don't, nobody appreciates that usually, but they especially don't because they got quotas to fill um, and they don't have a good defense. So mm-hmm. they'll just run. Um, so I think it's a different episode. We've, we've done books, uh, episodes on Mormonism before. Mm-hmm. So if you want to see like a real apologetic of how you deal with Mormons, there I you suggest go. you go to one of those. Mm-hmm. Um, this was just a survey of the reasons we personally are not Mormon. Mm-hmm. Any last words, Sebastian, before we wrap up? Very, very strange, very American religion. Our call is always to trust in the one and only Jesus Christ, who is not just an exalted being. He is not just a rando that lived a mere human. He is not a hologram. He is not a spirit child. He is the creator of the universe himself. And... By trusting, repenting, 
and relying on him alone, you will feel a burning in the bosom infinitely stronger than anything you've probably experienced with your own, you know, um, what's what's it called when you like get hyped up? Fervor. Fervor. Uh, no, you get into a trance. Uh, you get hyped up more than anything that you could conceive or create for yourself. And that way you will truly have peace. You don't have to worry about, um, are you going to be spending time with Hitler or <laughs> any <laughs> any strange any strange things like that in which heaven you're going to you will spend time eternally with the one and only true God forever by relying on him and him alone that is our call here at the found cause not to worship any God of our own making but the one true living God Jesus Christ amen that's why we are at the found cause we found our cause and serve the Lord Jesus Christ. I've been Michael Lee behind Machine and to our right has been Sebastian, the bookkeeper. If you are Mormon and are listening to this episode, please tell us in the comments where we went wrong. If you have different uh, opinions, of course, we have more in-depth episodes about Mormonism, so don't judge us too harshly on this tertiary one. If you want to see the rest of our episodes, you have to go to foundcause.podbean.com where we got a new background. Podbean is upgrading and you can download them all for your listening pleasure. We've got like 150 plus episodes now, plus the one of those one takes the theater is doing. Hot fire, the last one. I really liked it. Mm-hmm. Short, if you think these episodes are too long, which they really are. Um, you go to Theodore, he's making some hot one takes. Um, we're also on Spotify and iTunes and wherever else you might find your podcast. We're also on YouTube and Facebook where you can see our lovely faces. Until next time, we'll be talking about something completely different. Thanks for listening and Happy New Year. Bye-bye. Bye.